the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. How is everybody on this beautiful Saturday, September 7th. Football season is right out and uh, and running again, and uh, we're right in the thick of it already. It's great. Uh, uh, the uh, high school uh, and colleges are the things that I really, really concentrate on. I'm not really concentrating on on pro football uh, at this time, but um, colleges and uh, and uh, High schools are really, really the big deal for me. I really, really enjoy it. Although, although I've got to admit that, uh, sadly, uh, this is this is going to sound terrible. I'm going to talk to all my buddies, my high school alma mater buddies out there. Uh, but uh, our high school, would you believe, high, Highlands High School of San Antonio lost to Corpus Christi Miller last weekend. 79 to nothing. <laughs> oh, my friends. When we read that score, I couldn't believe it. Uh, how embarrassing. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show, folks. We've got um, two great guests with us today. We've got Congressman Bill Flores from Texas. And uh, the congressman over the week, this past week, um, announced that he is not going to be running again for re-election. Uh, he is, uh, I believe, the sixth, uh, possibly number seven uh, of the Republicans uh, in the House that are not going to be running for re-election. And uh, he is, uh, I think, about, uh, I think he's the, the fourth or the fifth. Uh, from Texas, uh, that we've got a, a good number here in Texas that are not going to be running for uh, for reelection, and uh, you know it's uh, it's something to be concerned about, folks. We're, we need to get folks. We need to replace these guys. Uh, but uh, we've got uh, Congressman Bill Flores on the show. Um, he will be chatting with us about uh, illegal immigration and uh, what he sees as, um, as uh, the issue and the problem, et cetera, et cetera. The congressman and uh, a couple of other ones uh, from South Texas had held a, um, a fact-finding uh, committee meeting uh, here in South Texas uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we wanted to chat with him about that uh, very, very issue. We've also got Matt Trasger, who is with FAIR, the Federation, uh, the uh, Federation of Americans for Immigration Reform, and um, Matt is going to be chatting with us because Fair just came out with a new uh, research uh, regarding the um, cost of illegal immigration on taxpayers, uh, the the cost on the uh, on the communities themselves, how much uh, communities are spending. Uh, in uh, in tax dollars on uh, uh, illegal aliens in their community. One of the big uh, problems that we see or one of the big uh, uh, myths that we keep hearing is that uh, illegal aliens pay into the system, that they pay taxes every time that they buy something. Well, we're going to see uh, from his interview how they do pay taxes by buying things, yes, but uh, they don't pay taxes by uh, by their income for their income because they don't have social security numbers. They also uh, don't uh, pay taxes in the sense of uh, their uh, businesses. Uh, many of them have businesses under the table. Uh, in fact, a good majority of them have businesses under the table. They work uh, 
uh, in various capacities uh, under uh, the radar. Then there's the issue of uh, how much they take out of the system. Uh, every time that they uh, get an illegal alien goes to uh, to the doctor, uh, that's usually to the emergency room because they don't have regular doctors. They don't have regular health care. And uh, so they go to the emergency room and uh, nine times out of ten, they don't pay the bill. Uh, the bill gets paid by the taxpayer. So uh, then there's the issue of, uh, of uh, uh, attending public schools. Many, 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 many uh, illegal alien students attend public schools, uh, don't pay into the system again because they don't um, have property. And the property uh, taxes are what uh, fuels or what pays for the, uh, the public schools in Texas. So, um, you know, we're going to be chatting about that. And uh, and and uh, uh, give you a better uh, feel of what what is going on. Uh, let's give you a couple of uh, some quick little um, uh, notes on um, uh, news no- news notes for you. Uh, first of all, uh, Labor Day was this past week uh, on Monday, as we all know. And I wanted to share with you the story of uh, my own dad, my father Eduardo Rodriguez, who was a um, a union. Uh, organizer, believe it or not, a union organizer in Laredo, Texas. He organized a printer's union in the 1940s uh, in Laredo because Mexican workers, Mexican printers were coming across from Nuevo Laredo, from Mexico, uh, to work in uh, the print shops in Laredo. And uh, what they would do, obviously, they would undercut the wages, they would, uh, as well as the working conditions, because they would work cheaper and under worse conditions than uh, than the American workers, and uh, sadly, what we're seeing in today's uh, America is the uh, what I call the betrayal of the labor movement uh, by the Democrats. The uh, labor movement has become a global labor movement rather than an, an American labor movement. Uh, in today's in today's America, it's been taken over by internationalists rather than uh, than than focusing on the American worker. Back in the days of Truman, Roosevelt, and other Democrats, they had um, uh, they their focus was the American worker. They appointed uh, the National Board of Labor Relations, uh, and uh, which in 1948 ruled in favor of my dad. Uh, and his organizing efforts for the proof for the printers, even the AFL-CIO came out in favor and support of them. The uh, NLRB, the National Board of Labor Relations, they ruled that employers should favor American workers in all employment. Well, in today's world, the Democrats and even the media allies are are favoring illegal aliens. They're saying that in all aspects of justice in the economy. And um, the uh, American workers are being uh, neglected, and they've been relegated to a second place under internationalist uh, rules because, uh, well, that's that's who they're favoring. Democrats uh, criticize also the uh, during the Labor Day weekend they all uh, were were very very loud in criticizing the creation of wealth. But uh, you know, folks, what's the point of working if it's not to create your personal wealth? <laughs> Why are we working if it's not to make money and to make money for our personal wealth? Uh, you know, I, I just don't understand that. Working for the sake of working is kind of a dumb situation. Uh, the American uh, economy system—it's—it's uh, it's unique in the history of the world because it allows—it has allowed people to keep their their own money to keep the fruits of their labor, and uh, of course, society prospers when the individual maintains and keeps as much as the wealth as they make as they keep. You know, uh, if the, if you if you are rich. If you are wealthy, then by definition, the society is wealthy. Um, it, you know, you hire, you're able to grow the economy and hire workers. But uh, sadly, uh, on during Labor Day, you didn't hear none of that from uh, from Democrats. On the contrary, you heard them uh, criticizing the creation of wealth. You know, the, uh, we we need an American labor movement, my friends, that uh, is American first. That uh, it talks about the economy. Uh, that talks about an, an economy that's American first. That's what we need. Um, secondly, there was this uh, very, very interesting um, report that came out of CBS on Sunday. Uh, there was a gentleman on there, a doctor named Sergio Martin, 
who is uh, the uh, who were, is the mission director for Doctors Without Borders, which is a very very large international organization. Doctors Without Borders is working with the uh, asylum seekers in Mexico that are being returned to Mexico by the United States after they come into the United States illegally. They are being sent back to Mexico to wait for their uh, for their asylum hearings. Well, Doctors Without Borders is uh, very upset about it and saying that Mexico is very, very dangerous for these illegal aliens. Uh, their comment um, is obviously the latest criticism by uh, the liberal media, by these uh, Democrats. Uh, another public relations battle with uh, with uh, President Trump and with the immigration control efforts that we've got going. Martinez um, or Martin, rather, Sergio Martin, the 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 from with the doctor uh, without borders uh, director, said uh, he told Face the Nation that he never na- imagined that he would wit- witness so much violence in Mexico. Uh, and that he was experiencing that that they were experiencing levels of violence that uh, you know that you would see in the Congo and in Africa and the Middle East. Well, okay, uh, you know it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. But again, the United States cannot allow folks uh, these thousands and thousands of asylum seekers that are entering the United States because what we have seen in the past, my friends, is that when these asylum seekers were given a court date to reappear. To, to get a hearing on their asylum request, they would never appear. So uh, you've got these thousands and thousands of asylum seekers that were coming in and disappearing into America and, uh, you know, staying illegally. So uh, now the United States has the agreement with the United with with Mexico. Anybody declaring uh, asylum has got to wait in Mexico instead of criticizing the United States for our process, why don't they criticize Mexico for not uh, having a safe haven for these asylum seekers? I mean, why is it always the United States' fault that, uh, you know, these folks are are suffering? They have suffered uh, in their home countries. They have suffered crossing Mexico to enter the United States. Now they're suffering uh, waiting for their asylum. It's sad. It's sad, my friends. But we've got to control the borders. What do we do about that? We've got to control the border. We can't allow just folks to come in and then disappear, uh, ignoring their violent their their asylum song. So, uh, okay, folks, um, uh, we're going to return uh, with our first uh, guest, uh, Congressman uh, Congressman Bill Flores. Uh, I hope that you will stick around. I hope that you will call your friends and tell them to uh, to join us. Uh, stick around, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. I'm talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you're interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. folks once again george rodriguez el conservador on klup 9 30 a.m radio and uh we're talking with uh uh matthew trasker from uh the uh, from fair in washington dc i got matthew on because we want to chat with him about a very interesting study uh report that was done regarding the fiscal burden on uh, American taxpayers, we keep hearing quite often that um, illegal aliens pay into the system, that illegal aliens uh, carry their own burden. Well, we've got a report that uh, shows differently. Matthew, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Pretty good. Thank you for inviting me on. 
All right. So tell us, tell us about uh, this report, because we keep hearing constantly that uh, illegal aliens pay taxes, uh, which I imagine means that they every time that they buy something, they pay a tax. But um, how much are they taking out of the uh, out of the system rather than just putting into the system? Well, it's a massive amount. So we found that the, the total fiscal burden of illegal aliens on U.S. taxpayers is about $116 billion with a B. And the way we derive that figure is we take a look at all of the things that the government spends money on, benefits programs, border enforcement, uh, detention of people by ICE, and trying to determine the expenditures, then we take a look at the tax contributions that are made by illegal aliens, and we do a bunch of math and come up with the number. And right now, it sits at about $116 billion. Wow, $16 billion. All right, so uh, it, we're sitting in Texas, and um, uh, I know that uh, you know we have a, a problem here. Our city council just... Um, decided that they're going to uh, set apart some tax money so that they can uh, help uh, illegal aliens. Of course, they call them migrants. Um, uh, what is the tax burden on uh, per state if you do have that breakdown? Um, I do have the breakdown. So what we do is we take a look at a proportional share uh, for each of the states. And for Texas... It comes out to, I apologize, we don't have this in alphabetical order, so I'm looking to find Texas. Oh, that's fine. Um, it comes out to $8,229,501,909, and that's being paid by Texans to support programs to pay for illegal aliens. Wow. $8 billion. Okay. So I would imagine that we are not the... Um, that our state is not the uh, one that's paying the most. I would imagine that there might be other states that are paying more than than that. Uh, believe it or not, California is the only other state paying more, and that has to do with uh, Texas's proximity to the border and the fact that it's a gateway state. So there are a lot of illegal aliens who may not take up a permanent residence in Texas, but who will stay there for a period of time as they're trying to figure out what to do in the United States. Take a look at that figure. Once illegal aliens have children who, under the current flawed interpretation of the 14th Amendment, wind up becoming U.S. citizens, when you add in the kids who wouldn't be here but for the fact that their parents came here illegally, that winds up being a ten billion nine hundred ninety-four. Uh, excuse me. $10,994,000,000 cost, so close to $11 billion being paid out by Texas taxpayers in order to support illegal aliens, people who have no right to be in the United States whatsoever. That's amazing. That, that, that really is amazing. That's shocking. Now, uh, you know, in, 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 included in this, in this figure, wh what kind of services, what, what are we talking about when we talk about this kind of... Uh, this amount uh, of uh, of tax money, where is it going to when they're when they're using it? Sure. So if we take a look just at the federal level, uh, the federal government spends one point six nine billion dollars on education for illegal aliens. It spends about six billion dollars on welfare, about seventeen billion dollars with a B on medical costs, and about thirteen billion with a B on law enforcement. Wow. Law enforcement, uh, I would imagine, uh, is the incarceration as well as uh, just the fact that that um, that uh, they're being processed in the uh, in the judicial system as well. But uh, that's correct. That includes the policing costs uh, at the federal level, border enforcement included, the immigration court costs, as well as the federal court costs. So all of those things are rolled into there. And if we didn't have the massive number of illegal aliens that we have in the United States, which you know, estimates range anywhere between 11 to 25 million, um, that's a lot of money that states could be putting into programs that benefit 
Americans at the lowest end of the economic spectrum. It benefit American kids. They could go into educating people for jobs for 21st century economy. But instead, we're spending that money on people who are citizens of foreign countries who we didn't invite to the U.S. and who have come in as uninvited guests and are getting a handout from the U.S. government. That, that is really, really in, uh, insane. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure how the heck... Uh, Democrats and others can can justify this uh, this illegal entry. Now, this this figure would also include these folks that are declaring asylum and never show up for uh, for their hearings, I would imagine, as well. Correct. Uh, it does. It, it, it covers all of the people who are staying here without authorization. Wow. Gosh, that that's incredible. So what is, I mean, what can we do? What is the, the solution to this madness? Well, I, I think the first part of the solution is we have to acknowledge the problem. This is kind of like uh, somebody with a drinking problem going to AA. We, we have this problem, but for reasons of political correctness, we don't want to talk about it. And you had mentioned earlier the argument that illegal aliens pay taxes. Well, that's not necessarily true in the way that people think of it. Illegal aliens will frequently have withholding taken out of their wages. But then what happens is both at the state and federal level, when they file an income tax return, they get everything that they paid into the system back out again. And in many cases will benefit from tax credits because they're at or below the poverty level. So they wind up actually turning a net profit from the, the federal and state treasuries. Um, so this notion somehow that, that, that illegal aliens are paying for the services they consume just doesn't add up. And even when it comes to things like sales taxes, there's about 40 to $50 billion that these people are sending in the form of remittances outside of the United States. That money leaves our economy, and it is never spent on things like gas or uh, clothing or luxury items or anything like that, which would typically generate a sales tax or an excise tax, which is what most localities use to pay for things like roads, new schools, things of that nature. So this is a big economic hit to the United States. Well, also the very, very uh, plain fact that they're here illegally. <laughs> I mean, besides them spending money, I mean, it doesn't do you any good if there's a tourist and the tourist entered illegally. I mean, what's what's the point, right? Well, it undermines the rule of law. It also undermines American sovereignty. I mean, Donald Trump has said this on numerous occasions, and so has everyone else who works on this side of the immigration issue. If we don't have a border, we don't have a country. The border is the line around the United States that defines where we live according to the American way. This isn't France, it isn't Spain, it isn't Mexico. We follow American rules here, and if we let people enter at will and don't hold them to account for violating the immigration laws, then eventually our sovereignty goes away, and we're not a country that's in control of its own political and legal destiny anymore. Plus, I mean, plus the fact, you know, th that we've been talking about, that we're spending money that's not being spent on Americans. We're losing money. We're losing uh, 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 finances that could be used uh, for Americans rather than, than for people that are, that are here uh, without permission. My goodness. Well, it's a violation of the social contract, which... Americans have with their government. We presume that when we pay taxes, those taxes are going to be spent on maintaining our communities and not on paying for citizens of foreign countries who are uninvited guests in the United States. I mean, to use Washington, D.C., for example, we have some potholes around here that I'm afraid I'm going to fall through to China when I drive over them. And those aren't being fixed for lack of funds. Meanwhile, the District of Columbia has declared itself not cooperating with Immigration and Customs Enforcement, has protested the installation of a licensed child care facility for unaccompanied alien minors, and it, it you know, makes one wonder if we are a law-abiding country, where do these 
states and cities and counties get off at thumbing their nose at U.S. immigration law. And it's particularly galling in Washington, D.C., because this is a federal district. And the city government in D.C. isn't supposed to be making laws, passing city ordinances that run contrary to federal law. So it's a bit of a crazy situation. And it seems to be something that has developed largely in response to Donald Trump and the Democrats' profound dislike of him. Wow. Amazing. All right. Can you, uh, Matthew, can you tell folks uh, where they can read more about uh, FAIR and this, uh, and this report, please? Sure. You can find the report in its entirety on our website, which is www.fairus.org. We also have commentary written by the FAIR staff, which is at www.immigrationreform.com. And uh, both of those websites are updated on a regular basis, so you can find this report, but you can also find all of the new things that we are publishing on a regular basis. Excellent. Matthew, thank you very, very much for taking time to be on our show and talking talking to us about this this very, very important report. Thank you. It was a pleasure. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Conservador listeners, if you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. All right, folks, once again, George Rodriguez and Conservador talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio here in beautiful San Antonio. And we've got a very special guest with us. We've got uh, Congressman Bill Flores from uh, the 17th District of Texas. Uh, And uh, we wanted to reach out to the congressman since uh, uh, he is on his way back to uh, to D.C., I understand. And... um, Ask him about uh, what uh, he's been working on, what he, what he is doing, and, and in particular, what he sees regarding the border crisis and uh, illegal immigration. Uh, welcome to the show, Congressman. Uh, thank you for taking time. Uh, what uh, what uh, do you think, uh, what, what, what is going on? What, uh, what do you see from your perspective there in the House? Well, really, unfortunately, not much of uh, any positive news to deliver on that front. Uh, the president has been trying to lean in on this issue, and he's been thwarted pretty much by the uh, by uh, Speaker Pelosi and her folks in the House. Um, what I think, I think the president made a pretty good offer several months ago that uh, if the House would give him um, a certain amount of border security funding, then he would turn around and, or he would also ask the House to include uh, a DACA status or a path to legal status for up to 1.9 million dreamers. I thought that was a pretty good offer, and they should lean into it. And that's something that uh, Democrats have traditionally supported, and Republicans, of course, have already have always supported border security. I have supported both of those issues, but unfortunately, it's interesting how politics changes policy. Uh, because suddenly the Democrats decided, decided, well, they didn't. They were totally against border security, and what he had made was um, was an offer that wasn't acceptable to them. And so, as a consequence, what we have is we have this continuing crisis on the border, where the cartels and the coyotes from down in um, the southern part of uh, uh, just the Northern Triangle countries of the south of Mexico are uh, exploiting the weakness of those loopholes and basically getting people to pay them to bring them to the border. And uh, they're terribly exploited through this process. Of course, when they get on our south border, then they become 
uh, something for our taxpayers to take care of. Um, I'm hopeful that we can move forward on this issue. I, I think it, that crisis may have to escalate before Congress will do the right thing. But I, I continue to uh, push all uh, Republicans and Democrats to try to get something positive done. Now, uh, there have been several uh, congressional delegations that have been down to the border that have been uh, visiting the facilities. Have you had an opportunity to do uh, to do that, to visit the facilities yourself? Yes, uh, early on I did, and what I saw were that uh, uh, Customs and Border Patrol were doing the best they could to deal with the onslaught of folks that they have to deal with coming across the border. Um, and so they're not equipped to provide humanitarian aid on a large scale like they've been forced to do. And then once the uh, families and children, particularly unaccompanied children, are transferred over to custody of, of Health and Human Services to an agency called um, Office of Refugee Resettlement, or ORR. Uh, those children are getting probably the best treatment they've ever had. They probably some of them have seen the, or the impression we got is that some of them have seen the doc, had seen a doctor for the first time ever. They're getting three meals a day. They're getting uh, their, they have housing. They also have. Um, uh, recreational facilities, educational facilities. So, uh, you know, again, there, we did have a crisis earlier this year because Nancy Pelosi held up funding that the president requested uh, for that particular function by, uh, by about 60 days. Fortunately, that's behind us now, and ORR is starting to catch up and and uh, uh, try to deal with this ever-increasing population of uncompanied minors. Wow. Now, let me ask you also about uh, the um, uh, issue of uh, the uh, ongoing, well, uh, the, the, the Russian investigation. Has that, uh, have you, are you on any, any of the committees that have, uh, that have been touched by that uh, as far as uh, the continuing story and saga of that? No, I am not part of that. Uh, I'm on the Energy and Commerce Committee, and so I haven't, uh, our committee really has had limited jurisdiction in that regard. Uh, I can tell you what I know, and that is that I thought the Mueller report was crystal clear when it said that there was no obstruction, there was no cooperation, there was no collusion. And that's really where the report should have ended, but I guess Mueller found that that wasn't enough because that was what he was originally charged to do by Rod Rosenstein when the, the whole special investigation process was, was initiated. Uh, so then he went on to try to find areas of obstruction of justice, and of course uh, the report clearly says that they found an insufficient evidence to be able to try to uh, charge the president. Yeah. Uh, they used some cute language to say they couldn't exonerate him, but that's that's runs contrary to 230 years of constitutional law in this country because we are all presumed innocent until uh, proven guilty. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I mean, so I don't know where they came up with this, but that's a new legal standard. Yeah. To, you know that we don't ask our prosecutors to try to exonerate us; we ask her ask him the evidence and either charge or don't charge don't you know there's nothing if you can't charge then you're done right and i guess Mueller had a hard time with where he was and, and the lack of evidence and and so they had to throw that little uh, confusing phrase in and of course the democrats are hanging their hat on that because they're spending all their time on impeachment investigation when clearly 60 percent of the country or so wants to move on and get something positive done Right. Let me ask you, since you're on the Energy Committee, what is your opinion of this green plan? I mean, what would that do to, to uh, for example, Eagle Ford Shell and the other uh, the, the, the rest of the energy uh, production here in Texas? Well, let me start out with this. The Green New Deal um, is, a, is an absolute non-story. It costs north of $90 trillion, which is roughly 90% of the total net worth of the country. Uh, that said, and, and if you listen to what the uh, to what uh, AOC's former chief or Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's former chief staff, staff said, he said it really was never about energy or the environment. It was all about uh, changing the economic system in the country. And so, but for Texas, it would be totally devastating. I mean, they they, they think that they would have us totally off of carbon based fuel supplies. And, Look, I, I think that's probably a laudable goal to get our emissions reduced. Um, 
but let's let's do it over a thoughtful time period, like like forty or fifty years. Make it a moonshot approach, but we'll never be totally off. But we could get to to what we call a carbon emissions neutral position in in twenty five to thirty years. And I think that's a laudable goal as well. And you could do it in a way without destroying the economy. That's right. I, you know, it's fascinating to me how. Uh you know, the, there's so much development uh, going on in counties in South Texas and counties that have historically been poor. And now all of a sudden, the Democrats themselves want to, want to reverse that and make them poor again. Well, it's really interesting how they claim to be uh, the party of women when really if you look at what's happening with uh, uh, the the sanctuary cities where uh, look at one in, um, in Maryland. Uh, one county in Maryland has had five rapes by um, folks that had, that wound up being uh, released because of sanctuaries or, or not uh, followed by ICE because of sanctuary city laws. So they're you know that that doesn't show that they're for women. If you look at where they should be for our poor uh, poorer populations, if they want to wipe out the Eagle Fert with the Green New Deal, well, that's obviously. Uh, bad for our uh, poor communities, which quite often are communities of color. And so, I, you know, they talk out of both sides of their mouth, and it's really disappointing. And I think most Americans kind of get it. They see what's happening. And, I, and they're, they're, the voters are smarter than, than many politicians give them credit. Gotcha. Congressman, here in the last part of our, uh, of our conversation, uh, if there's anything that you'd like to share with the folks uh, regarding what is happening in Washington, what would you tell us? Well, I would say that uh, there's a real uh, disconnect between where the American people are in the real world. Um, and, and, and for instance, the part of Texas I represent, Central Texas and Brazos Valley, uh, and what's happening in Washington, again, uh, Nancy Pelosi and her team are focused on impeachment investigation and, and trying to score political points against the president. And the real world says, hey, we want a, a border security solution. We want an immigration solution. We want to deal with prescription drug prices, help us with our health care system, and help us figure out how to continue our energy dominance. And, oh, by the way, we've got this new trade deal called the United States-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement. Agreement That's huge for Texas. Let's get that approved and so we can help grow the Texas economy as well as the U.S. economy. So there's a huge disconnect. Um, and I... I I, I hope that they start paying attention to that because the polls show that they're out of touch. And, and that, that reflects what people like me hear every day on the street. Yeah, and, uh, well, more than anything else, there's a, that paralysis that continues in Washington. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, when they're spending their time on impeachment investigation, they're using valuable legislative uh, resources that could be spent on doing something politically positive for the American people. But today in Washington, everything is about scoring political points instead of trying to produce policies that help hardworking American families, hardworking Texas families. Again, it's all about trying to ding the president or ding Republicans instead of trying to do something positive for everybody. Gotcha. Congressman, thank you very, very much for taking time out to uh, to chat with us. I hope we can get you back again so uh, to, to visit with us sometime. Oh, I'd love to do that. Uh, you have a great show, and I'd love to participate anytime. Thank you very much. Have a good flight. Okay, thank you. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you're interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. All 
right, folks, once again, welcome back. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And uh, here in our concluding part, uh, we want to uh, go over some other news items that um, have that popped up uh, over the past weekend. Uh, for example, last um, Thursday, there was an organization, there was a group that that protested in Boston, and this has become some. Th- this protest, uh, this group's approach, has become one of the uh, one of the things that that's uh, one of the new ideas that the left is using or the liberals are using as well. And, and this it has to do with the comparison of uh, of uh, immigration and enforcement to the Nazi Holocaust or the genocide. I mean, it, it is so outrageous. It's not even funny. Uh, a group was here in uh, in Texas protesting in front of one of the um, the detention centers last month. And uh, here they go again uh, in, uh, in, in uh, Boston this time around. Uh, the group is called Never Again Action. And it is a group of Jews uh, or, or a group led by some Jews who are uh, saying that uh, it is uh, it, it, it's comparing uh, immigration enforcement to the Nazi genocide. Uh, they were carrying signs uh, that uh, said never again that um, and apparently, uh, of course, the Boston uh, Herald, which is a very, very liberal newspaper, gave them gave them lots of of print and lots of attention. Uh, they protested it in front of the ICE office in uh, in Boston, and uh, they blocked traffic, which is, you know, I mean, typical. I mean, you know, it, it, the, they don't know how to do things within the rules, you know, within the law, within the confines of law. Uh, I, I, I wonder how these people learn to, to, uh, to draw with crayons. Did they stay within the lines when they were learning how to draw with crayons? Uh, it, it just is amazing to me. And, and nothing could be more outrageous and more f- further from the truth. I mean, I am not sure if Nazis uh, gave medical attention to Jews in detentions in, in concentration camps. I'm certainly uh, uh, not aware of of Jews being given uh, of Jews being given uh, legal advice or allowed to have legal advice. Uh, when uh, when they were in concentration camps, so, uh, the, the the comparison is outrageous and stupid. Okay, I will tell you, it's outrageous and stupid. Also in uh, Waukesha, uh, Wisconsin, or Waukesha, um, yeah, Waukesha, Wisconsin. Uh, it, there, the uh, the sheriff there has come under uh, under attack. Uh, and there's been some protests lodged by the American Civil Liberties Union. The American Civil Liberties Union ought to change its name to the uh, Internationalist Civil Liberties Union because um, there's nothing American about it. I mean, they, all they do is is undermine American values and American law. Uh, at any rate, uh, the sheriff in Waukesha County um, has, uh, has, as of uh, last week, renewed... Uh, his agreement with uh, ICE uh, to cooperate uh, under the uh, 20, it's called the 287G agreement. Uh, it's a section of the immigration and naturalization law that uh, allows for federal immigration authorities to, to um, deputize local uh, law enforcement personnel to enforce immigration law. And, of course, the uh, pro-open borders people, the liberals, the leftists, the American Civil Liberties Union, they're having a meltdown over it. Uh, they're criticizing uh, Sheriff Eric uh, Severson, Severson over the matter. Uh, I'm going to try to get him on the show uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks. But uh, he is under a lot of pressure because um, he believes in the rule of law, and obviously the uh, leftists, the liberals, don't. So uh, he is uh, he is allowing his um, his department, his folks, to uh, work with with ICE in enforcing immigration law. What a what a revolutionary thought! What what, what I mean, amazing. Um, also, also uh, newsworthy. The decision by Cal- the California Appeals Court last Friday 
uh, overturning the conviction of the illegal alien that killed, uh, that shot and killed Kate Steinle in, in San Francisco back in 2015. Uh, it was once again put on the national spotlight. Um, or, or, or it, the, the serious problems uh, of crimes committed by people who are in the United States illegally and who are released, who are not uh, picked up and, and, um, and deported. The appeals court... In San Francisco, as you recall, overturned the conviction of Jose Inés Garcia Sarate uh, on the charge of being a felon uh, in possession of a firearm. I mean, uh, clearly he was a felon in possession of a firearm, but for some reason they overturned the conviction. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, Sarate said he was unwilling, unwittingly, unwittingly picked, he unwittingly picked up the gun. He just picked it up. I mean, there it was, and he just picked it up, and then he shot it. He says that it it fired accidentally. Uh, you know, incredible, incredible that this that that they would allow an illegal alien to get away with literally get away with murder. But uh, you know, it it shines the spotlight again on sanctuary communities and how they absolutely uh, run amok, my friends. How they absolutely run amok. Uh, the opponents of the federal efforts to enforce illegal uh, or the immigration laws enacted by Congress claim that illegal aliens are less likely to commit uh, crimes in the United States, and thus they represent no real threat to the public safety. However, they forget, my friends, they forget, they ignore that these illegal aliens are not supposed to be in the country in the first place. They're not supposed to be in the country in the first place. Uh, it, it just is. It just it, it, it's it's outrageous. It's disgusting, and it's ridiculous. But again, it shows it shows that that the left and the liberals uh, they have no concept or 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 they don't support the idea of of laws. They don't support the idea of rules. Uh, also, uh, immigration officials have, a do- have arrested dozens of illegal aliens, uh, each suspected of known human rights or violations as part of a nationwide sting. Now, this is the very important or interesting part about this whole thing is that we're all, you know, the, the left and the liberals are always screaming about human rights. OK, they're always screaming about human rights and uh, the rights of, uh, of world citizens, et cetera, et cetera. And here we've got illegal aliens, people that are not supposed to be in the country or that are here illegally, okay, who are committing human rights violations. The U.S. Uh, Customs, Immigration and Customs folks, the ICE folks, they arrested 39 people, 30 men and 9 women, uh, who are suspected of violating human rights. Now, of those arrests, of those arrests, 16 are uh, suspected of having committed a litany a litany of crimes which includes domestic violence, selling drugs, and illegally possessing firearms. That, according to ICE, my friends, that's what they were picked up for. The ICE sting, which was called Operation No Safe Haven, took place from uh, August 27th through the 29th, three days, through only three days. And those that were arrested came from West Africa, Central Africa, and from China. Uh, according to, uh, to Matthew Albens, who is uh, acting ICE director, he said that ICE will not allow war criminals or human rights abusers uh, to use the United States as a safe haven. That's the kind of people that these folks are. They're war criminals and they're human rights abusers who are hiding, who are hiding in the United States. We will never stop looking for them, and we will never cease seeking justice for the victims of their crimes, says Albans. Fourteen immigrants, my friends, 14 immigrants from Central America are also implicated in, uh, in the human trafficking crimes. Fourteen of them. Four immigrants were arrested from China, and they worked with the communist Chinese government to perform forced abortions and sterilizations that's what that that's the kind of of human rights violation there were four of those immigrants that were arrested four of them 
from China. They worked with the Chinese Communist government to perform forced, forced abortions and sterilizations. Four people, uh, originally from West Africa, are uh, connected to mass slaughters of civilians and also for recruiting children to fight at soldiers and other crimes. Other Im- uh, one immigrant from Europe has committed abuses uh, against political enemies. These are the kind of people that uh, sanctuary cities and uh, the left are, are defending, my friends. These are the kind of folks. You know, folks, what is the point, as I have said many times, what is the point of being a legal, lawful citizen of the United States if illegal aliens, people who are violated immigration law to begin with, receive the same benefits, rights, protections, uh, securities, whatever you want to call it, if they receive the same rights, benefits, privileges as a legal, lawful citizen, what's the point? You know, uh, we have got to stop rewarding and excusing illegal immigration. It's got to be punished. Uh, it just is, it, It's just disgusting. Folks, I hope that you'll join us. Uh, we're here at the conclusion of our program. I hope that you will join us next Saturday. And um, I, I certainly, certainly hope that you will uh, that you will uh, support us. Um, the uh, we need your support. We are a, a privately funded uh, program and blog, and uh, your support would be very, very beneficial. Uh, please contact our station or contact me at, El, at uh, G. Rodriguez, elconservador.net, and uh, we'll give you more information on how you can support us. Folks, until next time, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Please keep the fires of liberty and freedom burning. Until next time. Conservador listeners, if you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.